You guys ready to jump into the Word? Come on. We're starting a brand new series today called It's Complicated. It's Complicated. You ever said something to somebody and it sounded better up here than coming out of here? Anybody? If you're married, you better be doing this, right? You ever done that? It makes a whole lot of sense up here, but when it comes out, it's offensive. And then you sit back and you're like, how is that offensive? I don't understand it made so much sense. A minute is a compliment. So for instance, I've told this story a million times. It's just the perfect story. I could tell a million different ones, but I just love this one. I think it's, uh, it just kind of makes me, it, it makes fun of myself a little bit. But uh, I remember when Megan was uh, pregnant with Brody, uh, so about 12 years ago, and uh, we were going on a date, you know, I was going on a date. It was a lot easier to go on dates before you had kids. So I'm just saying, but uh, we were going on a date and she was getting ready. And how many of you know, if you're married, even if you're not, if you're dating, you know there's certain jeans and pants that just, they just look right on your spouse. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying, right? Megan grabbed those pants off the shelf, and I was like, oh, babe, you wearing those? And she was like, no. And I was like, why? You haven't worn those in a while. Let's wear those. Now, that was a compliment to me. Like, up here, it made all the sense in the world. But she's pregnant. And I didn't think that she couldn't wear those pants anymore because she's carrying another human in her belly. And I, all of a sudden, the tears started to well up and her voice got shaky. And she took those things and she said, because they don't fit me anymore. And she may or may not have thrown them at me. <laughs> up here, it was like, oh, that makes all the sense in the world. Out of here, it was like, you sorry sucker. Who do you think you are? That is dumb. You know what I'm saying? It's complicated, isn't it? Life's complicated. Love's complicated. And here's the truth. It doesn't matter if you're single, engaged, divorced, separated, married for 80 years, or married for eight days. It doesn't matter. Love is complicated. You know why love's complicated? It's not because of the other person. It's because of you. It's because of me. Love's complicated because we're human. We're difficult to deal with. In fact, I texted my wife this morning. She's at our Florence campus today, spending some time with them and training them and working with their kids' ministry. She does that every, all of our staff goes up there every now and then, and, and she's up there today. And the truth is, I texted her this morning, and I said, I know I can be a lot to deal with sometimes. Anybody else relate to that statement? Come on, y'all. Some of y'all acting way too holy up in here today. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I, you know, I, can, I know I can be a lot to deal with today, but thank you. Thank you for dealing with me. Thank you for making, allowing me to be your husband. Thank you for being such an amazing wife and mother uh, in my life. I appreciate, I know, y'all, I'm complicated. I get it. I'm sensitive, you're sensitive too. You're sensitive, maybe, maybe your sensitivity comes out in tears or maybe it comes out in anger. Maybe it comes out in confusion or maybe it, we're all, we're just complicated individuals and the Bible has a lot to say about love because the truth is love is complicated, but can I be honest? It doesn't have to be. It really doesn't have to be. And some of us just slowing down enough to go, all right, we're a little different. Now, I'm going to be honest. I got three points today. I didn't even get to point two or three in the first service. So you may get all three points. You may get one point. But either way, we'll have it out on, on, on a podcast or social media this week so that you can grab points two or three because the first service left with like, what was point two or three? I got point one. Uh, but it was a powerful moment this morning. I want to show you some things uh, in my life. So when I was growing up, I was a loud 
individual. I know that's really hard uh, to, to grasp in your life. I got family that now attends our church and leads at our church, and she's laughing right now because it's true. Um, I, I was loud. I was, um, dare I say, obnoxious, right? I was very energetic, right? I was, um, I was just, I did whatever I wanted to do kind of thing. I was hard, I was a complicated, hard to deal with kid. And the truth was, the more I grew up uh, in church, the more I knew about Jesus and the more I knew about God. But can I be honest? I was a very insecure person growing up. I was very insecure. In fact, let me show you a picture of my relationship progression. Look at that right there. Come on, y'all. That, listen, listen, I don't need that. I don't need that, right? I may still have a little insecurity in me, okay? I look like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo up there right now. I look, that's who I look like. You know that's who I look like. I look like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo up there. I didn't know what a haircut felt like, you know? I couldn't even hear good because my, my hair was over my ears. Everything was muffled my entire life. Brody, Brody, my 11-year-old is here. Brody, does that look like your dad? No, <laughs> he's sitting here laughing. Y'all, that's great. Now, my wife still looks the same. She's just as beautiful today as she's ever been. And we were dating. Here's what you don't know. Like, I was kind of smiling in that picture, kind of not. I don't know what I was trying to do, to be quite honest. My shirt was like two sizes too big. It just, anyway, you know, the truth is, I was a pretty insecure guy. We were dating in that moment. I was pretty insecure. I, I, here's the truth. I loved the idea of Jesus more than I loved the person of Jesus. You know what's the scary part? I was a youth pastor in that picture. And I love the idea. I was at a church uh, in, uh, towards the coast at that time. And the truth is, is like we go through life and we go through, and I was insecure. I didn't know what I wanted in life. I knew that there were things in the Bible I didn't want to listen to, so I'd just go and do whatever I wanted to do. Come on. I live life, however. And, and I had all these problems. And Megan and I would fight. Like we would fight. And I would usually pick them. Because I'm just a complicated, I'm way more complicated than she is. Like, I'm just harder to deal with. And so, you know, we'd fight and stuff. And I got to this place where I was like, you know what? I love her. She's hot, right? She gives me attention. And if you saw that picture, there was no reason for her to give me any attention, <laughs> right? She loves me. I love her. You know what will help me live this life of security? You know what will help me get through this? You know what will help me be okay in life if I get married? That'll be good. That'll help me. And so watch this. Look at this picture right here. Come on, somebody. Y'all. <laughs> Y'all, she's so, she's so pretty. That's the, that's, my, that's the best one I could find. I should have found one with like all of our parents in it. That's her parents. That's the one I could find because um, we were just looking at them the other day. She looks so good and I look like I just stepped out of a mayonnaise jar. <laughs> pasty, pasty. Well, I couldn't step in the sun for more than five minutes. I had a sunburn. Uh, I, I got a five head going on. Like, you know, I fell asleep right before the ceremony in that. You know, and I thought, I really did. I sat back in a recliner backstage. My dad, they're about to, they're looking for me to walk down the aisle. And my dad comes back and he goes, hey, son, you want to get married today? He's like, yeah. He goes, well, you might want to wake up and come with me. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> I thought I had it all figured out though, right? I thought marriage was going to fix it. I thought love was going to fix it. I had it all figured out. And can I be honest with you? The first probably four to five years of marriage were some of the toughest years of my life. In fact, within the first year of marriage, I took my wedding band off, threw it on the bed, and said, I didn't sign up for this. This isn't what I'm here for. Like, this isn't what we're doing. We had a big old fight. You know, if I get to point three, I'll share the story of that with you, if I get there. <laughs> and so we're in this thing, and I'm like, oh, marriage is going to fix it. And can I just tell you something? 
If you can't fix you, nobody else is going to. If you can't let Jesus work on you, then your spouse can't fix you. All you're gonna do is carry the baggage of that into your marriage and it's gonna make two of you worse. It's gonna hurt both of you. And I didn't learn that in that moment. And then, and now, I wanna show you now, like y'all see me now, but let, look at this right here, come on now. That's a beautiful family, you know. My oldest son is, is there looking cool and he got the long hair. That's how I should have done my hair instead of shaggy. And then. My wife's beautiful. I knew her. I figured out what a haircut looked like. You know, my <laughs> Cullen smile. <laughs> I saw a picture the other day from when we dedicated Cullen. And uh, y'all, I'm not playing with you. I was smiling exactly like that. <laughs> I texted Megan. I was like, that poor, that poor kid gets it honest. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you, like, we're the perfect family. We're not. We're not. Man, we get it wrong. I yell. I know, that's, like I yell at my house sometimes. I get mad about stupid things. Anybody with me? Come on, let's be transparent today. Like I get frustrated. Yeah, some of y'all are like, yeah, I yell too. I just do. Like I get frustrated about things I shouldn't. I have to go back and apologize sometimes, right? I, I get mad whenever things aren't done the right way. Like I'm just that kind of routine rhythm guy, you know? And we have that, but let me tell you about that picture. That picture right there was a family of people that know what they stand for. We know where we're going, and we haven't always been like that. It's complicated no matter what your status is, your relationship status, but watch this. Love can be complicated, especially if we do it outside of God's way. If we do it outside of God's way. God created love. God is love. So if we go, I'm going to figure this love thing out without God, can I tell you? That's like trying to read a book without understanding the author's intent of the book. That's like trying to figure out a math equation without somebody telling you how to get through the math equation at first. It's difficult whenever we take the author of love out of the act of love and the discipline of love. We're not going to get it right. It's going to be complicated. It's going to be tough. I need to talk to some people today right off the bat. Some singles, some middle schoolers, some high schoolers, some college folks, some people that are in a place where you're, you're dating or you're engaged or you're thinking about it. I need to tell you something. Marriage is not your purpose in this life. Marriage is not your purpose. Well, so you're telling me I shouldn't get married. No, you can get married. Marriage isn't your purpose, but it is a privilege that we get. It is an opportunity that we have to find somebody we love and do life with them. But if you think marriage is your purpose, then I got news for you. It's not. The reality is your purpose is built on the abilities you have. The purpose is, your purpose is built on the passion God has put in you. Your purpose is to glorify God and reach people for the kingdom of God, not to get married, have a ceremony, spend $30,000 on that thing, go on a honeymoon, and then live the rest of your life together. That is a privilege and an opportunity, but it is not your purpose because when it's your purpose it completes you marriage will not complete you marriage will not make you better I mean it will make you better if it's done the right way but marriage will not make you whole it doesn't make you whole because the other person isn't supposed to make you whole and whenever we live our lives with the idea that marriage is my purpose then I put so much pressure on my spouse to fill a gap that only God was made to fill. And I look at them and I go, you are now God in my life. And so now every time you make your move and it's rejected, your life is over. 
Now, every time they don't meet your expectation, it's a big deal. Are you following me today? Every time they don't text back, wherever you are in your relationship status, God is the only thing that can fill that. Marriage can make us better, but it is not our purpose. I want to I give you, again, hopefully, three qualities. Three qualities today that everybody needs now. No matter where you are in your relationship status, three qualities everybody needs now. And the first one is this. You have to be secure in Christ. Secure in Christ. I don't care if I, the reason I don't care if I get to points two and three and it doesn't kill me is because if we don't get this one right, points two and three don't matter anyway. Points two and three don't matter anyway. Point one is you have to be secure in Christ. Hey, singles, you want to be married and happy? Learn to be single and secure. See, don't take the baggage of insecurity into a future relationship with you because you're not secure in who you are. Well, pastor, I'm not single. I've been married for 60 years. Great. You want to be happy and married? Learn to be secure in your marriage. Learn to be secure in your salvation. Learn to be secure in Christ. Because like I said, if you're not secure in Christ, you will look to everything else to fill the void that only God can fill. That's why whenever you're, you're single, you'll go anywhere and you'll compromise any value in order to find the person. No, it's not about that, man. I need Jesus in my life. I need God in my life. I need all of it. I believe that insecurity is a fruit of not believing the price Jesus paid for my life. Insecurity is the fruit of you not really believing that Jesus died for you. I'm going to be honest today. There's a lot of us in the room that believe that Jesus died for everybody but us. Yeah, he died. He died for that person, and he died for that person. He died for my spouse, and he died for this person, and he gave his life so that they could have life. But for me, I just don't know. I'm just too far gone. Insecurity, when I can't walk in the security of Christ, I'm walking in the identity that I wasn't worth it. See, you don't get to choose your own value. The purchaser chooses your value. Your value is decided by what someone's willing to pay for it. Jesus paid his life for you. You don't get to decide you weren't worth it. You don't get to decide your value. Jesus already decided your value, and your value was worth his last breath. Your value was worth his torture and torment on that cross. You don't get to change that. You don't get to belittle that. You don't get to go against that. He gets to decide that, and he already has. 2,000 plus years ago when he hung on that cross, he decided that you were valuable enough. The first thing you have to realize, no matter where you are in your relationship a status, you have to understand this. You are a son or a daughter of God before you're a husband or a wife. You are. Let me say it again. Come on. Yeah, you can clap. You can make some noise. I know we're in church, and everybody's like, we need to be quiet. No, you don't. You're ready yet. The truth is you are a son or a daughter of God before you are ever a husband or a wife before before why before because if I can't receive the love of a father I will have no idea how to receive the love of a spouse for some of us it's why we're so secluded and we have all these walls up and the sad part is in a lot of our lives that's why marriages only go skin deep And relationships are only skin deep. You never get to see somebody's soul because I haven't learned how to let a father in, much less a spouse. 
And if you can't receive the love of a father, you won't be able to give the love of a spouse either. You are a son or a daughter of God. First, your purpose is to be a son or a daughter, not a husband or a wife. That's your purpose. You gotta hear me today. If we get those two out of whack, then I'll become a professional husband and now everything that I do hinges on her approval. Or I'll become a professional wife and everything you do uh, uh, hinges on his approval. But you're a son first. You were, you were created by God and for God to be loved by God. That was your first and foremost thing. In fact, it says it in, first, in Colossians chapter 2, verses 9 through 10. It says it like this. It says, for in him, him not being husband, him not being wife, him not being, watch his kids. That's a whole nother conversation we'll get into in this series. But it says, for in him all fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. Watch this. In him, being Jesus, you have been made complete. Your husband can't complete you. Your wife can't complete you. Your kids can't complete you. There was a point in our marriage, we thought if we had kids, our marriage would just get better. Can I tell you what kids do? They make it exponentially harder. And it's not because of them. They're just coming into the world. It's because you have a weight and a responsibility added to an insecure relationship. And now you gotta carry all of it. That's why marriage isn't your purpose, it's your privilege. Are you with me? He says, listen, you are made complete in Christ. I said something at the beginning to where I love the idea of Jesus, but not the person of Jesus. And I am afraid we got a lot of people that walk around that love the idea of Jesus. The idea of Jesus is we love the fact that we don't have to go to hell, that I have victory, we love teaching things like there's miraculous healing in God's hand and spirit. So when you're sick, if you pray enough, God doesn't want you to be sick. I agree with that. I agree that there's healing. I also agree that just because God can doesn't mean he will. We love teaching. That. That's the idea of Jesus. But when you love the person of them, you love their ways. You love their heart. You love their character. See, I was a person that lived even through the first parts of my ministry a lot of times. I loved the idea of Jesus. I loved the idea of not going to hell. I loved the idea that, that God uh, heard me and that there was goosebumps and there was the spirit and there was all these things. I loved his stuff, but I didn't love him. I didn't get in to know why he did that stuff. Who was, I didn't get into the love of the fact that I give up things in my life to emulate his life. See, when we love the idea of Jesus, we will compromise the teachings of Jesus to fit the comfortable nature of our lives. But when I love the person of, I don't wanna change anything about him. I love who he is. I love his love, I love his care. I love his, his, the way that he, uh, uh, he empowers us in this life. There's a story in the New Testament after Jesus was resurrected. There was men walking down a road and they were talking about Jesus being gone whenever they got to the tomb and they were walking back and they were having this conversation. And all of a sudden this other man just kind of is walking along too and he joins their crowd and they're walking together and they're having this conversation. They're telling this man all about Jesus and the resurrection and the death and the torment and what it means and have you heard about him and do you know him? And there was a point at the end of the story where Jesus looks at him and goes, don't you know that it is I? 
In other words, don't you know the person you're talking about? It's me. See, it wasn't a random man that joined the party. It was Jesus. When you love the idea of Jesus, you'll walk around talking about him and have no realization that he's actually in your presence. Because it's knowing the person of that makes it all make sense. Are you with me? See, loving the idea of Jesus, loving the idea of something means that I'm informed about it. But loving the person of means that I live for. There was a point in my life, I loved the idea of a wife. I loved what a wife could bring. I loved that I wasn't a good cook. I loved that we joined joint bank accounts. I loved that we went through problems together. I loved, you know what I'm saying, that marriage just brings some kind of perks and benefits in this world. Praise God. If you do it God's way. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, let's go, baby. Bounce chicka, bounce wow. You know. <laughs> marriage. Come on, y'all acting, acting all shy today. But the truth is, I love that. But what I didn't realize was if I didn't love her, that I would walk away as soon as it got hard. I would doubt that she loved me as soon as it didn't feel right. That I would wonder why I was a part of this. I would wonder what was going on. And see, the truth is, how many of you think, well, let, let me give you this thought. You can't build a relationship with Christ if you won't build your life on him. You can't build a relationship with Christ if you won't build a life on him. Let, let me give you this example. I can already tell I probably ain't getting a point two and three. Is that okay with y'all? Let me give you this thought. What if I went home, right? And I called my wife, maybe let's say in between services, I called my wife. I said, hey, babe, I got from God. I know how we're going to grow our relationship. We're going to get closer. We're going to know each other better. We're going to, we're going to, it's going to be the best marriage we've ever had if we'll follow these steps. She said, okay, what you got? Babe, here's what we're going to do. I'm, uh, every week, every week we're going to take an hour, right? We're going to take an hour, let's say an hour and 15 minutes, babe, every hour and 15 minutes and we're going to do it on Sunday and on Sunday we're going to meet for an hour and 15 minutes here's what that hour and 15 minutes is going to look like I'm telling you baby this is going to be perfect this is, uh, we, we, we have cracked the code and she okay babe tell me what we got what we're going to do you the leader let's do this okay here we go here's what we're going to do when we first get together we're going to have some music playing softly in the background y'all don't get, it's not going there it's not going there and we're going to have a cup of coffee, and we're going to talk just a little bit about our day. And I may or I may not complain about my day more than I allow you to talk about your week. I just want you to know. But we're just going to meet. We're going to hang out for a little while. I want you to bring one of your friends. Bring one of your friends that you talk to all the time that knows you really, really, really well. That you trust and I trust, right? I want you to bring one of them. Here's what we're going to do. After that, about 15, 10, 15 minutes, we're going to hang out, and then we're going to play some songs, three, maybe four songs, right? Songs that you like, songs that make you, make you smile, you know, think, think songs like Soul by Lee Bryce, like your soul, baby, you know, and baby, if I like the song, I'm going to sing, if I really like the song, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm going to grab your hand, you know, we'll dance together a little bit. I'll show you that I like your song. I'll do, you know, like your favorite songs for three or four, three or four. I'll let you pick. It's up to you. Then what we're going to do 
is I'll give you a little bit of money that you can spend this week. I'll give you the money, right? I'll give you a, a certain amount of money. You can go to Target, you can go to Starbucks, because good Lord, that's a part of our budget now. <laughs> Actually, that's just as much me as her, I can't lie. And I'll give you some Starbucks, Target, whatever it looks like. Doesn't matter. We good, right? Immediately after that, I want your friend, I'm going to give them her 35 minutes, right? 35 minutes. If she takes over that, I'm going to get offended. Just want you to know. I ain't going to like it. I'm going to look at my watch. And then afterwards, I'm going to walk up to him and say, we got a problem. And I'm going to tell her how she needs to keep it shorter. But I want her to tell me about you. Tell me everything I need to know about you. I want her every week to tell me your personality. I want her to tell me your heart. I want her to tell me your desires. I want her to tell me how I can make you happy during the week, right? I want her to tell me all this stuff. Teach me. And, and here's the thing. I want her to use examples. I want her to make it engaging. I want her to make me laugh, right? I want her to preach only on things that I like. Y'all see where this is going? And then maybe if I've done it wrong, then we'll have about five minutes where I'll, I'll, I'll cry and I'll apologize. But I, don't, I may or may not get it better next week. And then, babe, we will meet again next Sunday. And we'll do that each week. And if I have time Monday to Saturday, then we'll meet up again. How many of you think that that would be a good relationship? If you raise your hand right now... <laughs> Y'all know, you know what she'd tell me? You have lost your mind. I got three kids with you, and we are going to be. But isn't that where a lot of our spiritual relationship is? Hey, God, I'm going to show up to church 15, 20 minutes early. I'm going to stand in the corner. I'm not going to meet anybody. I'm going to serve, but I'm going to serve, and I'm going to talk to my people instead of talking to everybody else. And then if I like the song, I'll lift my hands. If I like the song, I'll, I'll sing. Otherwise, God, just be okay with my hands in my pocket. Just know I love you, but I ain't going to show it. Y'all don't get mad at me. And then, God, I'll give you $5 to go out and make a difference with this week. And then during that $5, after that, hey, God, here's what we're going to do. Pastor Brandon's going to get up, and he's... He, he's full of energy. I don't know where he gets it from, but he's full of energy, and he's crazy. We don't know what he's going to say, right? And he's just going to say things, and it's going to be good, and I'm going to listen, and I may or may not take notes. It depends on if I like the topic or not. And then I'll take and then I'll decide by the end of the message if I really want to live this thing out and make a difference this week with you and change what I'm doing or if I want to keep doing it and just tell you I'm sorry. And then we want to go, God, where are you? And then we want to know why we're not secure in Christ. And the truth is, when that is the basis of our relationship, we can't love him because we can't know him. You won't get to know your spouse if you spent one hour a week with them. You won't get to, the person, listen, every single in here is like, I know that person. I got that person. They're so hot right there in my head. I know God, they'd, be, they'd be a perfect spouse. You won't get to know them for an hour a week. You got to talk to them more. You got to ask deeper questions. You got to get them to write you love letters. 
I was looking at something I wrote my wife not too long ago. She got a little box. She got them all in there. I was a poet and didn't know it. It's so dumb. Why do I say that stuff? I was reading it. You get to know somebody through those examples. Hear me. If I'm not secure in Christ, an hour a week is sufficient. If I just love the idea of God, the idea of Jesus, an hour a week is sufficient. Can I tell you, listen, the other two points, y'all, I'm going to be honest, are great. They're phenomenal. They're good. They're, they're incredible. They're like, they will help you. We'll put them out on podcasts. Don't miss them. But hear me, this right here, I am so tired of watching people wonder why love is so hard. And it's because we have exempted the author of love from the commitment of it. And I want you to know something. God doesn't want you to live a relationship status without him. God's not asking you to get married without him. God's not asking you to do things without him. God, and maybe you're in here and you're like, I've gotten it wrong for so long. I've done it wrong for so, can I tell you, you will not be the husband nor the wife you need to be until you're secure in Christ first. You will live to please the other person instead of living in response to Christ's love. Living to please somebody is hard pressure because the moment you get it wrong, you feel like you've ruined it all. But when I live in response, I know that I'm loved no matter what and everything I do is now a response to him husband's you want to be a godly man? You want to provide for your family? You want your, your spouse to desire you and, and be in life with you and love you? Learn to dig into God. Learn to be, be okay with you and Jesus first. Learn how to have the fruits of the Spirit. Hear me today. Stop looking, singles, Stop looking for abs and start looking for anointing. Stop worrying about the abs they got. They got a six pack, that's great, but they couldn't tell you Genesis from Revelation. Well, they can tell me that Jesus died on the cross. Why did he die on the cross? Who did he die on the cross for? And what does it look like to be a part of the family of God after he's died on the cross and resurrected on the third day? Let's just start with the basics. See, I don't want marriages and I don't want you and I don't want me. Hopefully this, you're going to walk out of here and go, man, that was a great first start to that series. I want to be here. I want you to commit to being here every week because it builds from here. But hear me, I don't want your marriage to be walking along the path of life, talking about the idea of Jesus, but never recognizing the person of him. And I don't want at some point in that journey of life for Jesus to show up and go, you haven't recognized me one single time. And I've been walking with you. Are you with me today? It says we are complete in him. Here's what I know about secure people and insecure people. Insecure people need more and settle for less. Insecure people need more from others. Here's why. Because they are their God. Approval, acceptance, all that stuff is their God. It doesn't mean they're bad people. It means their security is misplaced. And for some of you in the room, you're in that boat. And you've settled for less. You're allowing people to treat you in ways that you shouldn't be treated. 
Maybe you're single and you're settling for someone that has not yet given their life to Christ and hasn't committed to a life like you have. And you're like, well, it's missionary dating. I can show them. It's easier to pull somebody down than it is to pull somebody up. The truth is, hear me. Insecure people settle for less but expect more. Or need more. Secure people need less, but expect more. Secure people are in the place where it's like, you don't like how I'm doing this and how I'm living my life? That's okay. That's all right. I'm not living for you. Doesn't mean I don't like you. Hey, I disagree with this, the way you're living your life, but it doesn't mean I don't love you. It doesn't mean you're not accepted here. It doesn't mean that you can't be a part of the community of this church or a community of my life. None of that matters. That doesn't mean that. It just means that we're not on the same page. That's okay. That's all right. I'm secure. I need less from people, but I expect more from God. I expect more from myself. I expect more from my marriage. And if we get this part right, can I tell you something? Love doesn't have to be so complicated. It just really doesn't. Because love ought to be, watch this, an overflow of what God has already given us. How harsh are you to people? That's an, that's an example to go, ah, maybe I'm not as full of love as I think I am. How negative are you? Maybe I'm, do you always find a problem or a solution? All those things are parts. I wish I could get into it, but I'm not. This was the most important one I really wanted to get to today. You're a son and you're a daughter before you can ever be a husband or a wife. I don't know about you, but that actually gives me a lot of comfort. Because now I know that I don't have to do this thing without my father. I don't have to do this thing without God. And the truth is, I couldn't anyway. I'd mess it all up. I'm not a great husband. I'm not a great dad. I'm not a great leader. I'm not a great preacher. I'm not a great pastor. I'm not a great friend. But with God... I can be everything that he's called me to be. We got to get that part right first. We'll get into more of the details as the series goes on. But guys, I want you to get this part right. And if you're in the room today and you'll go, first thing I got to do is give my life to Jesus. Like, I mean, for real, like submit it, give it. Like I am legit about it. This time. I have loved the idea of Jesus, but I need to fall in love with the person of Jesus. And that starts with a commitment of salvation today. I'm going to pray a prayer and I'm just going to ask you if you're ready to give your life to Jesus today to just pray it with me in your seat. And when we're done, I'm just going to ask you to just raise your hand. I'm not calling you up to the front or out. But I have a team that's going to put a clipboard in your hand. And the reason is, is we have a value that says we don't do life alone. We do life together. We want to pray with you. We want to answer questions. We want to dive into the Bible with you. We want to connect you with somebody that can walk this out with you because it's complicated. But we want to help you walk it out together. Can you bow your heads with me today? I want to pray with you. I'm going to give you a couple of things at the end and we're going to leave. If you're ready to give your life to Jesus right now, just pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I give you my life. I give you all that I have. I thank you that you gave your life so that I could have eternal life. I pray that you would forgive my past, 
my present and my future. Dear Jesus, I thank you that you breathed your last breath on earth so that I could breathe my first breath in an eternal relationship with you. And I'm not gonna promise to be perfect from this day forward, but I will be faithful and I will walk with you step by step, day by day, moment by moment. God, I love you more than you know. Thank you for giving me life today. If you've prayed that prayer, others are still praying and you gave your life to Jesus today, can I ask you to just slip your hand up right where you are so that we can walk this out with you and make this a family experience as we walk into the presence of God. God, I thank you. I pray that we would walk out of here secure in Christ. We don't have to allow our insecurity to create negativity and harshness and pain and frustration, but God, we can walk in the security of Christ knowing that we are loved and we can love others from that. Let us draw closer. Let us be a part of who you are. God, we love you and we honor you. In your name we pray, amen. Can we put our hands together for some life change in the room? Amen.